<clears throat> Alyssa, stress management habits. Yes, exactly. So, sorry, I'm just trying to read some of these comments here. I love it. I love it. Yes, Karen. I love it. I love it. Perfect. Okay. So I want to tell you guys about lactose versus, so lactose milk versus, versus lactose milk, essentially, really. So glucose versus galactose. In order to digest lactose, which is a natural sugar, carbon milk, your body has to naturally produce lactase to break down lactose down into two sugars, which is glucose and galactose. Okay. Although glucose, it can be found in several foods. Lactose is actually the only one and the only source of galactose. Okay. So, so lactose may play a role in the absorption of calcium and other minerals such as copper, zinc, especially when we're very, very small, right? In infancy. Moreover, it is not digested in the small intestine. Lactose may be used by the intestinal microbia, the microbes that live in the digestive tract, a nutrient, AKA biotic. So this is how this happens when we are, because if you are substituting milk or you are having, so like if you're having like almond milk or oat milk, again, these are not terrible. They're the biggest thing with almond milk and, and like the, the substitute milks is the ones that you get from like major stores, they have a lot of additives, okay? There are brands out there, again, there are people out there that want to make the world better, and there are brands out there that they do. I think you can find them mostly online though. So are there are there milks out there, at, uh, substitute milks that you can have that are okay? Yes, absolutely. Again, we come back to the same square, if you will, right? Is that if we're having, if we're having a diverse diet, then we're not going to have to rely on supplements. Lactose intolerance. What is lactose intolerance and what's lactose male digestion? Okay, this is a big deal because a lot of people that have chronic illness and autoimmune also have lactose intolerance or lactose male digestion. So I want to tell you guys real quickly here, what is the difference and what is that? What is lactose male digestion? How do I know? How do I know which one is which, right? Lactose intolerance is the inability to digest lactose that results in intestinal discomfort such as bloating, diarrhea, and gas. Lactose maldigestion is due to normal reduction of the activity of lactase, the enzyme that transforms lactose into glucose and galactose. So that cycle that happens when we're intaking, it doesn't happen, okay? In lactose maldigestion. Lactose intolerance, however, these symptoms, the bloating, diarrhea, and gas, are not specific to lactose intolerance. So you can have the same exact thing with lactose maldigestion and can be associated with psychological factors such as stress and emotional trauma or intestinal dysfunctions occurring. For example, during infection or malnutrition. This is a big, big thing, like I said, in chronic illness and autoimmune. If there is mal malnourishment because we've been on so many elimination diets for so long, then you might have, you might build up lactose intolerance. It is important to, rem to remind that lactose intolerance is not a disease, but a condition. It means that it is not, you're not taking out anything from your health. This is something that you can reverse. It is also important that lactose intolerance should not be confused with cow's milk protein allergy. Okay. Lactose male digestion, it is due to normal reduction of the activity of lactase. The enzyme that transforms lactose into glucose and galactose, whatever you said. 
Little to no symptoms varies between different populations and on whether dairy products are consumed during adulthood. Lactose mill digestion appears after weaning off of lactose. So if you are someone that you've been taking out dairy, and we're going to talk about gluten in a second, if you've been a person that you are taking out dairy because, yes, this is ideal for XYZ, you can develop lactose mill digestion. Lactose intolerance, you have to have a kind of like a breathalyzing test, okay? And that comes out as how much how much hydrogen comes out and how much. So based on that reading, if you are lactose intolerant, lactose maldigestion, that's not going to read anything. That's You're going to be fine. You're not going to come out as lactose intolerant. So if you do have gas and pain and cramps and diarrhea and just really a lot of GI abilities, as you are having dairy, take a look on if you have been eliminating dairy for longer than three months. If the answer is yes, it can be from that. It also can be from stress and environment. Okay. The diagnosis of lactose intolerance, um, like I said, is due from, from that breathalyzing test of hydrogen. And this is, again, lactose maldigestion and lactose intolerance. Lactose intolerance is more of like you have to have or you should have you should have a that test done okay so if you feel in your heart that you are that you are lactose intolerant go get a hydrogen breathalyzing test and then and then we'll talk okay if you are lactose male digestive which i was for the very longest time then it is time that we add in dairy and there is a way there is a way to add in dairy without the cramps and without any of those issues, okay? Okay, gluten-free and the benefits of gluten. You guys, if you guys have been on my Instagram lately, I actually made a reel about this, but I want to talk about this real quickly on here. When we're taking out gluten, we're actually welcoming in a lot of other additives. If you are to look at a gluten-free noodles, gluten-free bread, gluten-free crackers, gluten-free cereal, gluten-free products, okay? Even like, oh my God, what it was, the the bars, the, the protein bars are like gluten-free. You're welcoming in a, a lot of things, okay? So again, maybe like a few things that you guys can do tonight. Look in your pantry. See, see if you got an old bottle and a new bottle. See if you got that. See if they correlate with the ingredients and look on your gluten-free stuff. In a study done by Division Gastroenterology and Hepatology, Mayo Clinic evaluated blood samples in 11,353 people, 55 of whom had celiac disease. They found that in people who are observing a gluten-free diet, blood levels of mercury, lead, and cadmium were higher than in those who did not avoid gluten. The increased burden of toxic heavy metals was found in those with and without with and without celiac disease following a gluten-free diet. And I see this actually, as a fun fact, I see this actually with my HTMA labs. For all my HTMA labs that, that people have been gluten-free for a very long time, their toxic metals are very high and at an alert high, right? 
And so this is something interesting that like I'm seeing these results and I'm seeing this research and they just kind of like mash together and I'm like, wow, that's insane. And then they're also having like they start off with one issue and now because they have such high toxicity levels, now they're having other issues, right? And we're talking like like liver issues, kidney issues, that kind of stuff, right? So, okay. Uh, number two, uh, low gluten diet increases the risk of type 2 diabetes. A long-term observational study done by the American Heart Association included just short of 200,000 people over 30 years. And this is my favorite too, by the way, just so you guys know. Like when I see a research, I want it long-term. I want to know the effects long-term. I want to know what happens like with these 200,000 people, with these 100,000 people, with this generation. I don't I want to know what happens long term because that speaks volumes, right? So over 30 years, I have had a gluten-free diet for no apparent medical reason. And and this is a big one because we hear that going gluten-free is like the new fad diet, right? A, a lot of us do it. Like I said, I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. I am. Hello. Hi. <laughs> That's me. Um, found that due to the fact that the intake of higher amounts of PUFAs Okay, which are essentially not ideal fats and oils and low consumption of whole grain fibers is at the end of the day, when you are gluten free, that's what happens, causes the perfect combo for type 2 diabetes to develop. So that's interesting. Gluten is a dietary antigen that affects the way your immune system responds to the protein not the other way around. So like if you hear that like, oh, you are gluten sensitive because of the gluten protein. I want you guys to know that it's a dietary antigen that your liver and your gut flora actually communicate with each other. And if those two things ain't doing too hot, you definitely could have some gluten sensitivity. And so this was a big thing for me, right? So I have liver dysfunction. So yeah, every time I had bread, every time I had pasta, I looked like I was like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, 20 years old, 21. <laughs> and I looked like I was like six months pregnant every single time. And I like have like this like inflated face, like all, all these issues. And this is why, because I, I thought I thought it was the protein in gluten. It's the antigen that our body is not recognizing. And that's not recognizing because our gut flora and our liver, they're not communicating properly. The liver tells the gut to say, hey, develop more antigens. And then the gut does. So just something to think about. So when we have bloating, joint pain, etc., from eating gluten, this is a immune system response. In other words, an autoimmune. Your gut holds 70% of your immune system. If you strengthen the immune system, you strengthen your ability to digest Gluten. Makes sense. Taking on gluten might actually be the exact opposite action you want to take. This is why it's important to include gluten and not get rid of it without a concrete metal proof that you are indeed gluten intolerant. And even then, it depends how heavy we are. Okay. Now, I think that's it for allergies. When we're talking about those things, like even if you do have food allergies, okay, this is where this is where this is really important. Your gut microbe is the root cause. Like I said, when when your liver and your gut, if they're not functioning well, even even your gallbladder and your bile and your kidney, those things all they all talk to each other. And when we're talking about 
antigens. And when we're talking about our body responding to something that we're intaking, it is a gut microbe root cause issue. Allergies to specific foods is also a symptom. It is not a diagnosis. And I mean, and when I say that, I mean, like, when you're looking at, you take you take a test, okay? You take a test, you take a, a, a urine sample or a stool sample or a blood sample, and they're like, okay, you are gluten intolerant, right? And that is just a symptom. That does not mean that now you have to be gluten intolerant for the rest of your life. Just like if we have a cold, a symptom of a cold is like a runny nose or a headache. It depends on each person. For me, it's like coughing. I'll like cough left and right. <laughs> Same with my son. My daughter and my husband, not like that. Their nose will run for like five years. It's just nonstop. It's like a faucet, just on and on and on, right? So that's that's their symptom, right? So if we look at it, if we look at it at more root cause, then we say, okay, I am gluten intolerant. So that means there's something going on in my body. Leaky gut, again, this is a symptom. It is not a diagnosis. Um, I even, I even want to say, being in the field that I am in, I hear this so often and I don't enjoy the way that it is explained. So leaky gut is gut debosis, gut microbe that has gone too far for too long in a state of stress. And a lot of people like to complicate this. And this is why you could have some allergies. This is why you could have lactose intolerance or male digestion. This is why you could have gluten intolerant, intolerance or gluten sensitivity. This is why you could be having issues in taking sugar. This is why you could be having autoimmune reactions, psoriasis, joint pain, thyroid, Hashimoto's. This is this is why. Keep in mind, 90% of the, uh, 70, I said 90 here, 70% of the immune system is held in the gut. This should be 70, not 90. Thank you guys for all staying here. Do you guys want to do a live Q&A? Do you guys have questions? You can just like raise your hand or come off mute. However you guys want to want to do this. Hold on, let me let me see my whole screen. There's a few people here. Okay. Anybody have questions? Raise your hand. Yes? No? Yeah. Uh, Karen, do you know who owns Gali? I can look that up for you, Karen. Um, I don't I don't think Gali was in this list. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Wendy. Yes, Amanda. Go on. So I live up in Vermont, which is probably a little bit like Michigan. Like we don't have a lot of sun. We have a lot yeah. of winter. So yeah. how do you get those um, vitamins and minerals and those those things that you need from the food when they're coming from California? So a huge, these are like my top three that I tell you my one-on-one clients. So number one is eat in season. Okay. So right now we're like, late winter. <laughs> I don't think we're in spring. I'm sorry. <laughs> as much as we want to think we're in spring, we're just not, right? So still think of like winter foods. So some winter fruits and vegetables would be potatoes, apples, uh, meats, legumes, uh, like beans and stuff like that. What did I say? Potatoes, potatoes, legumes, uh, meats, apples, um, I like talk so much. My brain just went like bleep. I'm going to send I'm going to send you a list. I'll send you a list. But so that's number one is so eat in season. If uh, like berries are not in season right now. Right. So my biggest thing is I rather have you eat frozen fruits and veggies than eat the raw. Because here's what happens is 
when you are having uh, the unseasoned fruits and veggies, because we live in America, okay? Like, this is like God's honest truth. We live in America and North America, because in Canada, it's the same story, right? We have all this food available to us all the time. Watermelon is like, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why is there watermelon? It's not in season, okay? So when we are talking about eating in season, think about what season we're in, because when those fruits are, or those veggies are are collected, right? They're not collected at, at peak, if you will. So you don't have those nutrients. And what happens is by the time they get to your store, they're kept in the dark or they're kept somewhere where they do get that color that they're supposed to have, right? Like blueberries, blueberries right now, perfect example. Those are not ideal. Like if you are, if you're having blueberries lately, um, this is, this is where things get like, you know, I'd rather have you have frozen, frozen, uh, blueberries than regular berries right now, because that's going to feel like if you have a box of berries and, uh, or like blueberries and one is like really sour and one is really sweet. That's why. Right. So frozen over, over number two, get morning sun. ASAP. But um, if you're able to just stand in the window for 10 minutes, you know, stretch, do some breathing. You know, if you want to do some gratitude, some affirmations, whatever you roll with, 10 minutes in front of the sun, again, it only takes 10 to 15 minutes for a grown adult, right? So that's okay. Number two. Number three, get as much movement as you can. And by movement, I mean, get that blood flowing. So if you have pets, which you do, you have dogs, right? So if that's happening, then play with your dogs. Get that blood moving. Because if you're having, and this is coming from the fact that you are having a diverse diet. So if you're having a diverse diet, now you have this blood moving. That liver, that gut, that kidney is able to take in nutrients. at um, is one, is, You're going to synthesize it at a much better rate, right? If you keep on having the blood move, right? And this also has to do with keeping your glucose at balance too. Because if you're having that that peak and on that fall, that's going to affect your nutrient intake, okay? Nutrient absorption. Did that answer that question? Yes, okay, okay, perfect. I will send you the Eat, eat in Seasons. Um, I'll, DM, I'll DM it to you. Um, Wendy, frozen berries and veggies are flash frozen, so picked at their peak. Yeah, and often cheaper than fancy organic things. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, guys, like, I'm going to be really honest here, right? Like, I do what I do. We, Yes, I do own a small business. Yes, I do. I do. I do have to make a living, right? Yes, but I am that person that I will tell you, like, I don't want another stress for for healing to be the amount that you spend at groceries. They're so unnecessary. I don't spend that much. Like I actually have, I'll show you guys, like I'll just like make a list of everyone that was here today. And I'll show you guys like, maybe I'll do like a close friends thing or something. And I'll show you guys like last week I spent 146 on groceries. This week I spent 138 or something like that. So between like 130 and like 150, I spent a week on groceries. And what I get is like a lot of whole foods, a couple frozen things. You know, I do get seafood too. Seafood's expensive. I do get it. I do get fish. I do get salmon, like things of that nature. But you don't have to be fancy. 
You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to buy organic. You don't have to, you don't have to shop at Whole Foods. You can go to Sprouts. You can go to, you know, these regular, these regular stores and be completely, completely healthy, healthy, right? And really eat whole and, and nutritious and nutrition dense, you know? So you don't have to rely on supplements that are just not ideal for you. Perfect. Anybody else have questions? Yes, Julie. Ashwagandha. Uh-huh. Pretty much my question is everything. How do you feel about it? What do you think about it? If I want to continue to have it, take it, um, what would be the best, you know, form per se? Like just everything. Ashwagandha for everybody here. Ashwagandha is a herbal medicine. It's an actually an ancient herbal medicine. I have never, thank you, Maria, for coming. Thank you, thank you. Have a good night, Maria. I've never heard anything terrible about it. What I can say, ashwagandha actually is similar to rhodiola. Rhodiola is a power herb that I know of that is amazing. So a few of my one-on-one clients actually do uh, intake rhodiola. So um, the, the features of ashwagandha, um, like I said, I've never heard anything bad about it but it is very strong. And for things that are strong, like rhodiola, like ashwagandha, like milk thistle, these herbs, okay, uh, even chamomile, they are hard on the liver. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of like what we call liver load for ashwagandha varula to do its thing. So if you're taking this daily, I would say slow it down. Again, I'm just saying, I'm not recommending. I'm just saying, uh, I'd say, yes, uh, it's okay. Make sure you're not taking it daily, a little bit more sporadic. Give your liver some free time, if if you will. Um, same with your thyroid and same with your adrenal glands. Again, this is, this is all connected, right? Um, that whole system, right? So yes, don't take it as much. Did that answer the, your question? Perfect, perfect. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you all for coming. I really appreciate it. I will see you guys at the next masterclass. If you guys have any other questions, comments, concerns, the DMs are always open and I'll check you guys the next time. Thanks guys. Thanks. Have a good night. Bye guys.